Hey guys, this is Kate Lumpkin, uh, and this is Sunday at 6 o'clock, so we're back. We're doing office hours again. I am so excited. I know it's been a hot minute, but um, I'm really excited to get this back on track and get back doing this pretty regularly. So we're here. We're doing it. You know the drill. Uh, when I do office hours, I can only speak uh, to my opinion and to the work that I've done and the rooms that I create and curate and the experiences that I've had in this life. So please know that um, every Everything I say comes from my opinion and for every opinion that I have someone is gonna have a different one right that's art that is what we signed up for and that is what this uh, this industry is it's ever-changing and it comes from a place of people's personal opinions and uh, and personal experiences right so um, that's where we are and that's what's going on. I think I already got a question. I also got some DM questions earlier, so I'm gonna hit those up too. Before I answer this question, the one thing I always try to do when I do a podcast is really, really, really try to um, talk on something really fast about something that has been happening in my life or in an audition room or something that I've seen recently that I just wanna kind of like spread a little bit, drop a little knowledge bomb, you know, um, about. and. Guys, not everyone here uh, is that that's watching this is a part of showcase season. Uh, but showcase season is upon us. For those of my friends who are watching this who are in college or who are recent graduates or who are about to go through the showcase process, I just wanted to take this beat to casually remind you that showcase is one hour of your life. It's just one hour. Um, it is not the make or break or the end of your life. It is also not guaranteed to be the beginning of your life. Um, it is just a moment and it is a beautiful moment and I hope you take it very seriously and I hope you honor what's happening in that space. But just a reminder that it is not the beginning or the end of the rest of your life. It is just another chance to perform and I just want to remind you to take care of yourself mentally, to take care of yourself physically and to not allow there to be any sort of magnanimous pressure on this one moment and I think for my friends who are not doing showcase it's also a big audition season and so I, I honor you to take this like advice to heart too um every audition is not the beginning or the end of your life yes it is one more chance to perform and I say that knowing that I'm not doing it um but I also I also, there's a lot of pressure in those audition rooms on me as well, on me in that moment. And I have to tell myself every time that I walk into that audition room that this is not the beginning or the end of my career. This is not the beginning or the end of my life. Um, it's just a moment, right? And we've got to show up for each other and show up in that space and try to make it a good, safe healthy, awesome place to do dangerous work together so that we can make everybody shine and so that it's a great place. And I hope that you guys feel that. I hope you guys know that. Um, and I hope that you guys are taking care of yourself this audition season, that we're sleeping, we're drinking a lot of water. I drink mine out of this little sloth mug. On the back it says, don't rush me, don't rush me. It's my favorite thing in the whole world, this stupid little sloth. Um, I hope we're hydrating. I hope we're taking care of ourselves. Uh, and I hope that for my showcase friends, you just remember, this is one day, one moment. You are Olympic athletes if you are doing this work. Um, and every Olympic athlete has a bad day. Every Olympic athlete misses a hurdle. But they all have really good coaches who are telling them to get back up and keep doing the work and push through and fight and figure out uh, what's going on in here. And... Um, to keep going. So that's all I want to say. Uh, it's hard right now to remember to push through, especially when it's a rainy, gross day and there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of stuff. I hear it, but I just wanted to say that piece. Okay, let's get to some questions. Yeah. Um, let me take a little sip first. From my sweet little sloth friend. 
Um, okay, so the first question I got was from Cody. Hey, Cody. Hey, sweet Cody. Uh, it says, do video auditions versus live auditions hurt my chances of being cast? So this is a really great question. It's actually not something that I've talked a lot about on Office Hours. Um, but I, I do a lot of work from video submissions, and I know other offices do that as well. Um, you know, in all honesty... I can get thousands of submissions, right? Um, for depending on the project. For some projects, I get like three submissions because I do a lot of very specific work. But for certain projects, I I can get thousands of submissions, right? Um, and so a huge, huge, huge benefit when those submissions are coming in are video footage always. So please, 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 if you can include video footage in any sort of submission, especially if it's specific and it makes sense in the world of what you're auditioning for or hoping to get an audition for, it's always helpful. When it comes to self-taping, um, what I will say is I have cast a lot of people from self-tapes. I have, I have seen a lot of really good self-tapes that lead to really great in-room auditions. Um, so yes, I think that it's really helpful. I don't think it hurts your chances of being cast. I think any opportunity to be seen is always helpful, right? If, if you can get footage or get something in front of people who might be making decisions, I think it's always good. Um, and, you know, what a beautiful thing that we live in a time now where if you're not in town, there still is an opportunity for you to make a tape that someone can see. It used to be if you weren't here, you weren't here, right? So now I think it's actually really wonderful that self-tapes exist. I take them very seriously. Um, I well, I have been known to add staff members when we're going through something with a lot of self-tapes to make sure that there are always eyes on the tapes. Um, and I watch everything I can get my hands on. Um, even if I can't watch the whole, like, you know, seven-minute reel of stuff, I will make sure that I see enough from it, that I get what I need from it, and that you um, are seen, yes? So I don't think it hurts your chances. I will say it's always great to get in the room, right? Of course, there's always that rep the rapport, and it makes sure that everybody who's in that space can see you, and of course, you know, um, it, it's it's always wonderful to be surrounded by the people who are there and who are making decisions and all of that kind of stuff. But I will say, if you can get a tape in, get the tape in. If someone requests a tape, don't feel like it's less than. Treat it like it is your final callback audition and make sure that the tape that you turn in is something that you're really proud of because it will be watched. Um, and do trust me, don't do this thing where you like look for the video count um, to be like, oh, it hasn't been watched. So a lot of the time, um, what I'll have people do is download everything and put it into a separate system to then watch it. So if you think it hasn't been watched, that doesn't mean it hasn't been watched. It just hasn't been watched the way that it might track the thing, right? So I don't want you to be that kind of person who's obsessively like uh, refreshing and, and doing the things. I need a system that I can have control over. And so everything gets downloaded and then uploaded into like a private system so that I can watch things. Um, so if you're taking the time once you've sent that tape to be obsessively checking, you might feel let down. And the reality is you're doing that to yourself because you don't know what's actually happening with it once it's out into the universe, yes? Um, but again, if, if for some reason you want to check in, that's totally your prerogative. Just know uh, everybody's doing their own thing. And if you're sitting obsessively clicking, then that's coming from you, not from me. And I want you to take care of yourself and not waste your time doing that, yeah? Um, but make sure those self-tapes are good, 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 honey, because they are working. And I have cast people, or I don't 
cast anybody. I don't make any final decisions, but I have seen people get cast from tapes that I've watched and then passed on to creative teams, yes? So I don't think it hurts your chances. What hurts your chances is when you don't take them seriously and you don't do the work the way that you really want to do the work and then I see it and it's not what you want it to be right? Um, So, you know, invest in uh, getting a good ring light because, you know, she looks fresh only because there's a ring light here. Let's be perfectly frank. Uh, And, you know, a good tripod and all of the things that you need um, to make sure that those tapes look good. And and if you are someone who is looking for stuff, uh, you can go to my website, kate-lumpkin.com. I put together a self-tape starter kit that's got all these things, uh, a good light, a good um, mic, a good Um, iPhone thing. Um, I get no kickback from any of this. It's not like I'm making any money off of it. I just found a way to make a kit for under $100 and I thought that might be useful to you. So you can Google Kate Lumpkin self-tape starter kit or you can go to my website to find that kind of stuff. I wish I was making money off of it. That would be great, but I'm not. Um, But it is great and it's what I'm using right now and you know, I think it's working. I love this ring light. It's awesome. Um, Okay, great. So let's see if I've gotten any other questions since then. If not, I'm going to go to the other things. Okay, this says, what can you do to target an audition after you perform so you don't get, oh, to forget, not to target. The text is white and this sweatshirt is white, so it kind of got all mixed up. Okay, uh, what can you do to forget an audition after you perform so you don't get too attached if you don't get the role? Um, I think that's a really good question. I think that's actually like a general life question too because, you know, I... um, I'm not someone who's like actively auditioning, but there are definitely things that I get my heart set on and I obsess about them and then I don't get them. Because, you know, I'm, I don't know if all of you guys know, but casting directors, it's not like we just have... Um, uh, all, all the job, all the jobs, right? We have to interview for jobs. We have to meet with creative teams and make sure we're on the same page. We basically audition in some respects to get jobs. We have to uh, work towards getting them too. It's not like I just have an arsenal of them. I have to I have to be the right person for the team, right? So um, I get attached to projects that I don't get, and that sucks. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, I also get attached to projects that then you know, somebody else gets after I've worked on it once, just like people who book workshops and then, you know, are are replaced later down the line. That's happened to me with projects where I'll work on them for a while in development and then it goes to somebody else. Um, And that sucks. It's really, really, really hard. Um, But we all signed up for that life. That is a part of what this is. We know we invest in things and then it doesn't always happen. Um, I think the best thing that we can do is invest in the work rather than investing in the job. So what I have tried to flip my mindset in when I'm going in for all these meetings and I'm doing kind of all the pre-pro for the possibility of the job, um, I just love the nerding out for me. I love doing the research. I love trying to find who potential people for those casts could be. I love digging into the world of the play, reading the play a lot. Um, I love the work of it. And then if I invest in that work, which I guess for an audition would be working on the material, really getting into the space of the character, figuring out who these creative team members are and trying to understand those things. If we can invest in that work and let the work of that be enough, um, then getting the job or getting a job in that world is icing on the cake rather than the cake. Um, You know, because so much I think of what it is to be an artist is trying to figure out how we then get, you know, permission, even though we always have permission, but get permission to do the art that we're specifically auditioning for or working towards working on. Um, And I want us to flip it so that it's the work that we're doing um, that... Is it is exciting enough, yeah? Or is is at least um, kind of enough that it uh, serves us in that space? Does that make sense? I also think at some point, you know, we have to just recognize all of us 
every creative team member who's also trying to get the job, not just actors, but that every project is not going to happen. It's just not always going to happen. Um, there are definitely projects in the last month that I've lost out on that, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard when you think something's going to happen and it doesn't, or when you just get so excited and in your head. But instead of allowing yourself to do that, find something else to get really excited about and to really invest in, in your life that you actually have control over. So if you like to paint or garden or swim or read books or invest in a relationship or something that is actually something you have control over that is tangible so that you can put your hope and your your guts and your passion into something else that you also have the means to control. I think that's something that I've really been working on as well. Um, really, really, really trying. You know, for me, I love Instagram. I love fashion. I love curating and taking pictures and editing them. And I love writing. I've been working on some books that I'm writing right now. Um, I have control over these things. I have control over the clothes I put on my body. I have control over what I'm writing. I have control over the another piece of art, another type of art that I do in my life. And that gives me a little peace of mind when I don't get the projects that I'm working for towards in my casting art. Um, and so maybe that's something that might be helpful to you as well. Uh, I don't know. I hope so. Let me know if that's helpful for you in the comments. Um, this says, I have a super in-depth question for you that I DM'd you. I don't want to be needy or thing, but um, it would mean a lot if you did. I will check out and see what that is. Um, I just have to be perfectly frank. I get honestly like hundreds of DMs uh, all the time. Um, so sometimes I miss some things and sometimes there are questions that I just can't answer um, because I don't have the answer. Uh, but I will check in and see if um, I can be a helper and I'll try to find that a little bit later. Um, Tim says, hello, hi. Um, Cindy says, I always hear that it's not what you know, but who you know. I was just wondering what steps I can take to start putting myself out there or meeting people when I move to New York. Um, here's the thing. I don't think it's all just who you know. No, but I definitely agree with that sentiment that um, a lot of a lot of how every industry works, not just the entertainment industry, but a lot of every industry is who are you meeting, who um, aligns with your spirit, who's making work that makes sense for you. Um, so you know, I think the best thing for for me when I started trying to uh, meet people and make connections and start to build my identity, especially build my business, um, was I figured out like who are the the people who are close to my age, the people who um, I want to be teammates with, the people who I want in my tribe, like who are the people who are making the art that I find really interesting? Who are the people who are making art in basements and warehouses and trying to find places that will produce them? How do I help them and support them and work with them? And how can we help each other rise together? Because the thing that I very quickly realized was a lot of the people who are already currently established did just what I said 20 years ago, 10 years ago when they got to the city. Um, and so instead of trying to kind of break into those rooms, um, I realized they have their people, they have their friends, they have their tribe, they have their creative collaborators. Not to say people might not let somebody in, but I respect that they have their collaborators and their people that they trust and their aesthetic is met by those people. So my thought was, who are my people? Who are the people that I want to say, oh, I want to work with Kate Lumpkin? Who are the people who I want to say, oh, I want to work with that person? And how can we come together and support each other when we're trying to make art at the start so that when we rise, we all rise together and take care of each other and support each other and use each other frequently? So I made a list of all the people whose art I was really respecting and who I was really looking out 
for and whose work I really liked to go see and who I was interested in their concept and their ideas, whose scripts I was reading that I was like, oh my God, this is magic. Um, and I sent emails. I, uh, you know, showed up for the work and talked to people and told them specifically what I enjoyed about it, what I thought I could bring to it. Um, and that's that's what I did. Uh, and it seems that it's kind of working because a lot of the people, kind of, it is working. The people who I really respect and the people whose work I'm really interested in are the people who I'm working with right now. Um, and as we've gotten bigger projects together, uh, we've we've stuck with each other and we're supporting each other. And I think that's really how this works. Um, not to say you don't want to be seen or get to know people who are already established, but I think those relationships come when the work that you're working on right now starts to get recognized and get, get seen. What I will say is it takes time to build mutually beneficial relationships. These things don't just happen overnight. Um, and, you know, nothing happens overnight, right? That's a myth. Nothing in this world happens overnight. It takes years and years and years of cultivating relationships and cultivating your gifts and honing in on what your worldview is and your perspective as an artist. So if you think something's just going to happen like that, it doesn't. There were 12 years, 15 years, 30 years of work um, that's happened to get people there. Uh, and you don't really talk about that or see that. You just see like, oh, they're on Broadway or like, oh, they got a show produced. Like, no, there was a lot that it took to get there. So, um, you know, start building those relationships now with the peers who you admire, who are working on or making things that you want to be a part of, um, and allow those people to help you get to the next level where people come to you. Um, and I also think reach out to mentors. If there's someone who you see, who you think is, astonishing and doing work that you really admire, tell them, tell them you admire their work and make an ask, right? Say, will you be my mentor? Here's what I would like. I would like to have a Skype call with you once every quarter where I can ask you questions. Uh, and in return, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll bring coffee or, um, I'll, I will ask good questions. You know what I mean? Whatever those things are, I think if you can build a relationship like that, that's also super important. Um, but when you're going to ask someone to be a mentor, know why. Know why you're asking. Know what the specificity of the ask is and make sure that you can meet your end of the bargain just as much as you hope they meet yours. Yeah. Um, okay. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, people like the sloth mug. Um, oh, hi. Hi, Cole Thompson. I miss you too. Um, oh, my hair is looking amazing. Thank you, Kelly. I just got it done yesterday. She, I finally found the person who's making my red pop and I'm loving it. Thanks. Um, all right. What else? Do we have any other questions? Hello. Hey, Kate, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Um, Let's see, this says, hey, uh, when someone auditions a second time for you, do you think they should perform something different the second time? That's really specific. It really depends on the um, audition or, uh, you know, if it's you're seeing me the second time for the same project, uh, probably the second time I'm going to ask you in advance to do something different. If I don't ask you to do something different, you always have permission in the room to say, hey, do you want me to sing the same thing I sang last time or should I do something different? I prepared something else as well. Um, you know, take control over that space in the best way you know how. Uh, but if you're talking about like, I saw you for an audition for a project and then I'm seeing you for a different audition. Um, I mean, unless it's, it, it depends. If it's just me in the room for both of them, I think you can say, hey, I saw you last week. I sang this song. I feel like this is a similar world. So typically I would sing this song. Do you want me to sing something different? Um, and just like have that conversation with me. But if there are other people in the room with us, sing the thing that makes you feel most feroce, right? Um, whether I've heard it or not. I hear a lot of people do the same material all the time because I see people multiple times. Um, and I'll also 
sometimes that's really helpful. If I've heard you do something else before in the room, I'll say, oh my gosh, wait, will you sing that other thing for me uh, that I know you do really well? Uh, I can kind of curate what I need or what I think is most useful for the creative team in that room. But if it's just me in the space and you just sang something for me yesterday for a different project, give me something different if you think you have something different you want to show me. Um... I, I always love to hear, you know, and every audition is an opportunity to perform and show me what other projects I don't even know you're right for, you know? So um, I think that that is great. Uh, but you always have the right, especially if it's just me in the room, to say, hey, I just sang this for you. Do you want to hear that again or should I do something different? I'm never going to look at you and be like, what? What are you saying? Um, you know, because, A, I wouldn't do that. But I don't think anybody would do that. Um, we want the audition to be the best audition you can give uh and I want to make sure that you're doing material that really suits you uh and makes you feel awesome on the day too um does that help let me know if that was helpful if not um I can keep answering it if you just get a little more specific for me um video audition interesting what happens to those tapes after the role has been cast are they deleted destroyed do you worry about stuff online being permanent um I mean, for me, if I'm still working on an ongoing project, the tapes still exist. Uh, you know, for example, I'm working on the Bandstand National Tour right now. Any tapes that I'm getting, I will keep in a database until that tour is clo-o-osed because there will be replacements, there will be, you know, additional things, and I want to have my kind of, like, arsenal of all of the footage that I have so that when we have to start doing replacements or someone gets injured and I have to fly someone out, that kind of stuff, I want to be able to go to my database and be like, wait, I have tapes. <laughs> I have tapes from people. Who am I forgetting? Who am I missing? Who did we love? And I want to be able to have the footage. So that always lives. When the project is over, um, yeah, most... To be perfectly frank, I have a lot... I have a whole lot of very big drives that I keep stuff on. Um, and that's why I download stuff so that if people remove their tapes from the internet, I still have access to some stuff. Um, I'm sure as my career goes longer and longer and longer, I'm not going to keep tapes from like 2012 anymore. Uh, but I've been kind of... Uh, lazy and I haven't deleted all of those uh multi you know terabyte things um I think also I I look back on tapes I try to find people's materials and try to um you know if I'm trying to pitch someone to a creative team if I know I have footage of them from another project um you know sometimes I will show a clip if it's useful um but I think if you know if you don't want stuff living on the internet if you've put a tape up and you want to take it down you have every right to do that um and, you know, I always talk about how stuff lives on the internet forever, right? I, I try to be really conscious about that for myself. I have all these old videos of me from when I was like a vlogger like 10 years ago on the internet that still exist. Me, you know, talking about good news. Um, and luckily, I, I don't mind that those exist. I'm still proud of them. You know, I know there's footage of me like singing from back in the day. All that kind of stuff it doesn't bother me that that exists. But if there's stuff that you have on the internet that you want to take down, we all know that lives forever, yes? So, um that's why I always ask for myself tapes that are being submitted to me to also be private links so that they don't have to be public. Uh, and you always have the right to, to do that. Um, so I think that answered your question. Uh, let's see. Oh, Frankie says my hair. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you guys like the hair. Um, what's the best way for people to follow up after an audition? So I've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. I feel like after an audition, it depends on the audition. 
you know, if you had a very special experience where, where the casting director or the monitor or whoever was there really helped you out in the day, there was a really specific thing that happened and you want to say thank you for that specific thing, um, handwritten note is always nice, um, especially if it's very specific, like, oh, hey, thank you, that note you gave me in the hall really made me feel confident and comfortable when I went in. It helped with my adjustment. Something specific like that is always really nice. Um, you know, if you, if you book a job, um, writing a thank you note is always nice. I, I really love getting those thank you notes um, because that's always my great joy is when I get to see people thrive in the work. Um, but, you know, also not a requirement by any means. I think following up with an email or a note after an EPA is like super not necessary. Um, but if you want to do that, I think it's always kind and fine. You know, it's it's always lovely to to say hey to see someone say hey it was nice to meet you I'm never going to be offended by that by any means um but if we're following up about feedback or if you're following up to see if you booked it um you know that's it it's a fine line and I think it depends on your relationship with whoever was in the room if you have a kind of emailing relationship um you know I would feel confident that you can can do that um or emailing back with the person who helped you signed up signed up sign up for that appointment who helped kind of correspond with you um or if there's been like a change uh that's always useful to me if someone's booked something and I don't know about it and it's in the process when I'm working on you know solidifying a cast if something in your life has changed I think that's always an important follow-up too of like hey sorry I'm actually not available for this project anymore just so you know I'm going on tour with schmoodle pop the goodle um that's always useful information too uh if there's a more specific question about follow-up just let me know and I will get into it uh okay hey Kate quick question where is it appropriate to use a full name versus a nickname I'm Madeline or Madeline but I typically go by Maddie um whenever whatever I mean it's your name it's your life right so I think you know if you're in the union so I'm in actors equity I was an equity member and I still am an equity member uh and my equity name is Catherine because my name already existed in the um in the system uh so I'm Catherine Lumpkin in this in you know in my equity name so that is that would have been on my resume back in the day um but I go by Kate, and so, you know, I think you can either do, like in my instance, it would say Catherine, Kate, Lumpkin, or, you know, people just get to know you, and you can just say, hey, I go by Kate, um, and that's that's how you do that. Um, you know, on all paperwork, it needs to be your legal name, whatever that is, but you have every right to be called whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, I also know a lot of people whose names have changed. I know a lot of people who got cool new nicknames and go by them, people, you know, you are allowed to be whoever you are and who you want to be called in the space. So um, I also like give you permission if you're in a space and someone is calling you a name that is not your name or uh, was your name and is not your name anymore to say, hey, I'm Kate, by the way. I go by Kate. Please, you know, feel free to call me Kate. You have every right to say that in the space. People want to call you by what your name is. Um, but when it comes to paperwork, you know, make sure you're filling out your paperwork with whatever name uh, is attached to your bank account so that you can get paid at some point. That's very important. Um, but yeah, you know, if you go by, by Maddie, tell people you go by Maddie. Um, introduce yourself. That's up to you. Yeah. Um, okay. What's something that stands out in an audition room in a negative light? Like in an audition, the moment you say in your head, oh boy. Um... Oh goodness. I mean, that is such a, that's such a personal thing because what might make me think, oh boy, might make somebody else think, oh boy. Um, so, you know, for me, I think I just be a good person. 
That doesn't mean you have to be kind. It doesn't mean you have to be anything. I just think, you know, be thoughtful, lead with your heart and your head, um, be mindful of your words. I think for me, an oh boy is always, if someone says something that's really inappropriate or um, makes me feel really uncomfortable, if something is, you know, uh, just crosses a line, I think that's pretty tricky. And, and everyone's line is different, so that's kind of hard to navigate. So I think, you know, just walk into a space, be open, be uh, responsive to the room, really listen to what's happening in that space, be an active listener with the people in the room with you, um, and hopefully they're being active listeners with you too, and you can kind of figure that out and and figure out that vibe. Um, Yeah, I, I won't go into depth. I mean, there have been experiences, there have been things, but I'm not here to talk about anyone's auditions. I'm not here to talk about anyone's um, experiences, and I, I won't do that. But I think as long as you feel comfortable and confident that you are actively present and listening to what's going on in the space, you will be able to not cross a line or kind of get to that oh boy place. The one thing I will say that's always frustrating is when I see someone is not prepared and I watch them give up on themselves. That's really hard. Uh, I, I re- I'm always sitting like on the edge like you can do it I believe in you but when I see that it's because of a lack of preparation that's really frustrating um and hard it's hard to watch because I just want everyone to come into that room and thrive um so that's that's an oh boy moment for me of like man I just wish you had prepared a little bit more um but you know and that's that's also we talk about this a lot that's like the one thing you can control in the space right is how prepared you are um so it, it's tricky sometimes to watch someone give up on themselves i really hate watching that i hate watching that in life let alone in an audition room i see you know in any industry in all the things there are moments where people and i've given up on myself too honey holding the mirror up she's done it she's done it america um and it's frustrating, you know, because you've done it too. It it sucks to do it and it sucks to watch somebody do it. So that's that's frustrating. Just be as prepared as you can be, I think, is, is the most important thing for me. Um, okay, for those of us who are not from the East Coast, when is the right time to move out there? You know, I talk about this a lot. One second, me and the sloth. Mm. There is no right time for anything in this life. I know that's not the answer you want to hear, but there's also no right time to like move to the East Coast. There are a lot of great places in this country that do a lot of beautiful theater. Um, you got to know where you're going and know why you're going. If you're coming to New York, it is a huge financial decision. This is not a cheap city to live in. It is not an easy city to live in. You have to work really hard to be here. Even when you get that Broadway contract, like... The work on the Broadway contract is very hard, but also New York stays hard. It's expensive, and there's a lot going on, and a lot of people with a lot of dreams coming to one very tiny island trying to fight for those dreams. So, you know, uh, that never goes away. (laughs) Um, And so if you're ready to do that, and you know specifically what you're coming here for, and you have a game plan, you know how you're going to eat, you know where you're going to sleep, and you have some people in your corner, then, you know, do it. But also, if New York is not the place you want to come, if you want to make theater in Chicago or Seattle or Atlanta, you want to move to D.C., you want to make theater in storefronts in LA like all of those are valid choices too it's all very exciting so just make sure before you move out here to the east coast that you know 
why you're coming and you have a strong game plan and you're positive that this is where you have to be making art because if it's not you know there you can move to Austin and make beautiful art there there are lots of pockets in this country um, and all around the world mind you uh, where you can be making art so that I think for me is when it's the right time when you know this is the place you've got to be and when you have a plan laid out uh, to help you make it possible here because I'm not here to sugarcoat anything like New York she's 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 sometimes a struggle you know uh she's expensive and and like I said a lot of people with a lot of dreams move here and so we're all trying to kind of find our real estate here um and and that can be a challenge uh and so I just encourage everyone who moves here to really have a game plan and really know the why know why you're coming here um okay let's see good I'm glad that was awesome do I have any other questions here okay uh I've written a one-act play I was wondering if I could send it to you for feedback absolutely I read scripts all the time. If I literally could just do one thing for the rest of my life, I would read manuscripts and scripts and give notes until kingdom come. I love getting notes. So please know, or giving notes. I hope that you know, if you send me something, I will give you notes. Um, it is something that I can't not do. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. You can send stuff to me. Uh, feel free to reach out and, and ask me how, and, uh, I can, I can send you that information. Um, I would love to read your stuff. That would be awesome. Um, okay, if there's something making an actor uncomfortable in a rehearsal setting, should the actor say something and speak up with it if it's what the director wants happening on stage? Well, first and foremost, um, absolutely. If there is something that is making you very uncomfortable, uh, you need to say something. Um, a hundred percent you need to say something. I think that depending on the circumstance, and I don't know what your circumstance is, um, you know, the immediate, the immediacy of needing to say something, uh, is up to you. Um, you know, if it's something that you actually do feel comfortable and confident trying at least once, um, please do. But if it's something, especially if it has to do with intimacy on stage, um, you have every right to speak up and say, Hey, that makes me uncomfortable. Is there any way that we could also navigate this in a different way? Or could we hire an intimacy specialist to come help navigate this moment for us um those you know there are lots of consultants that help with intimacy on stage help with violence on stage um again i don't know your specific circumstance but if it's one of those things you know telling someone how you feel but then also coupling it with a solution i think is always great or a possible solution um but my friends if you're ever in a situation be it in the theater in a rehearsal room or in life any at the at the 7-eleven at a bodega at the doctor's office anywhere that you feel uncomfortable you have every right to say this makes me uncomfortable is there a different way to navigate this situation so we can get a similar result for the audience especially if we're talking about theater um but that i can feel safe and confident doing it eight times a week, right? Um, you have to take care of your mental health and your physical health, especially when you're doing something that you have to repeat the action over and over and over again. Um, it's really important. So I 100% feel like you have every right to say something, um, especially, you know, if if you're in a production where you don't feel maybe comfortable talking to the director, there are other people around, you have a stage manager there for a reason, you have other people in the space. Um, so please talk to somebody and make sure that you guys come up with a solution that allows you all to feel safe to make dangerous work. Um, there are ways to do that and there are intimacy and violence uh, consultants who can come in and help with projects or can even be Skyped in and help with projects. Um, or you just need to be able to 
actually talk to your leader, talk to your director, and make sure that you guys can navigate that conversation. Um, it's really important, and I'm really glad you asked, but you have every right to take agency over your body and your mind um, and help the director understand how to best work with you and work with the cast to create a similar result in a way that makes you feel safe. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, all right. Let's see what else. Do we have any other questions? Uh, great. Um, these are all things. Uh, this person asked, any tips on what I'm looking for in a bandstand audition? I'm never going to talk specifically about a project that I'm working on um, because that just crosses some lines just so everybody knows. I've been getting a lot of questions about uh, appointments and people saying they've submitted and all this kind of stuff. I'm not going to answer questions like that about specific projects. That's not what I'm here for. And that would break the confidence that I have with lots of creative team members. So I appreciate that question. I think the tip that I will say always is relevant for every project I do come prepared and make sure that you've read that breakdown and make sure that you are singing or dancing or whatever you're doing in the style and the world of the piece of the show um, and make sure you read any information about auditions over and over and over again so that you can be as prepared as possible for anything um, but I appreciate the question but um, I, I will not talk specifically about projects I'm working on only because you know that's that's not that's not the jam I'm not here to to cross any sort of lines let's see okay this says speaking of giving notes would you give notes on audition tapes not sure if you'd be willing to do that but would love to get feedback so you know feedback is really 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 tricky uh, like I said I get thousands of submissions um, for projects, hundreds and hundreds of submissions, hundreds of videos. Um, so guaranteeing feedback on every video is very, very um, almost unrealistic and truly, truly, truly difficult. Um, I think though, if there's something very specific that you're working on, or if you've gone through a lot of the process, um, we're getting to the end and you have some questions, then feedback becomes a little bit easier. Um, but if we're talking like first round, uh, tapes that aren't even actually material from the show, um, that's, that's a little tricky to give a whole lot of feedback on when I'm watching, you know, 800 tapes, which I am <laughs> watching all of those tapes. Uh, my husband just walked in in the back and if he were in here, he'd be like, she's watching all the tapes. Um, he's hearing all the things. Um, but you know, uh, if there's specific feedback that you're looking for, you know, I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do all sorts of stuff in that way. So there are ways to get feedback, but if it's just feedback on an initial tape, um, that I can't guarantee that I can give always. I wish I could. I wish I could. There's just truly, truly so much. Um, but Feel free always to reach out and ask. There are some days where I absolutely can and there are some days where I just absolutely can't um, and that's really tricky, but you always have the right to ask for it 100%. Um, how do you manage your time? That's a really good question and I'm not always great at it. Uh, I have a very, very, very detailed calendar um, that is super color-coded um, and I am very fortunate that uh, I have a really good memory. So I remember even things that I have forgotten to put in my calendar somewhere in my gut tells me there's something I'm supposed to do. Um, I also work like 19 hour days. I don't really stop working, um, which is not healthy, but I'm trying to get better at it. Um, and I've also have gotten a lot better about asking for help. Uh, I have a much, you know, larger support team than I traditionally have. Um, and I'm willing to ask people to help with all sorts of things now. Um, I don't think I have to be uh, superwoman, jack of all trades, um, as much as I used to. I think that 
we can do better work when we support each other. And that's been like a new thing that I've come into. Um, but mostly my whole life is color coded. I have pared down my wardrobe and everything fits on one, you know, uh, hanging thing um so I can kind of pick things out and just go 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 um I've learned how I do my hair I do it the same way every day either up in a bun or with the curl and it's done um I have a five minute face that I do now you know I try to be as um compact as I can and allow myself enough time to kind of heal as well um but I'm really trying if you guys have tips on time management please tell me because I'm not the greatest role model when it comes to adding self-care into my time management I work a lot um and everything is color-coded that's my main trick so much color coding it's crazy um do I have any tips on dealing with fatigue burnout when you have dance class or dance classes or rehearsals remember to eat Protein, protein, protein. I'm a vegetarian. There are ways to find protein. Make sure that you are eating. Make sure that you are hydrating. Um, and when it comes to, you know, fatigue after rehearsal or during rehearsal, make sure that you're staying as mentally present as you can. When you've done like that number over and over and over and your body feels like it's going to die, make sure you don't just go sit and zone out. At least stay mentally present um, so that you can get back up and, and dive right back in. Um, fatigue will happen. Sometimes you just really have to honor it, make sure that you're getting enough sleep um, and really, really, really make sure that you're nourishing your body, taking your vitamins, doing the emergency, oregano oil, whatever you need to do to stay as healthy as possible, you got to do it. Make sure you're, you know, visit, you're rolling out all the time, all of those things. Make sure that your mental health is well if you need to talk to somebody make sure you're talking to somebody about these things so that you can keep your body as active as possible you know it's so interesting I actually have to think about this a lot I'm not dancing uh, I'm not taking dance classes but I have to stay mentally present for you know eight hour sessions where I'm seeing a hundred people or more um and to stay mentally present and, and in that space, especially when I'm not moving my body a lot, um, I've had to work really hard on that skill. And it's a skill that you have to, to work on. So that is something that I would um, really work on is making sure that even when we get off stage, we're sitting and we're focused and not completely zoning out. Because once your brain goes, she's gone. You know, that's it. Uh, this says, where did you get your top? Oh, uh, this top is from J. Crew, and it's still available. Uh, you can get it online at jcrew.com. And I love it. I will say in terms of the fit, um, it's this is a small and it's still a little big. So I think the sweatshirt runs a little big just for your knowledge. Um, okay, should you audition for something even if you don't fit a role? Uh, you know, if you think you don't fit a role, then when you come in, you are already in the mindset that you don't fit that role uh, or you don't fit the show. So I think, you know, no. If it's because you're trying to get seen by someone who's in that space, you're trying to get to know them, that's one thing. But all of us also have other opportunities to see people. And so for me, for my money, I think if there are multiple auditions in a day, I would choose the show that you actually feel like is a world that you live in, is a world that you thrive in, um, because there will always be other opportunities to see those people in that space. Um, and I think it's better to be seen by them when you know you're going to thrive in the world and the mindset that they're in for that day. Um, but I'm never here to tell you not to audition, especially if it's an open call, open dance call, go, try. 
Maybe we know something that you don't about the world we're trying to create. Most of the time, we do know something that you don't about the world that you, that we're trying to create. So um, don't don't tell yourself you're not right for it when you're not a member of the creative team who's creating it, right? Because it could be a very different production than you think. But if you truly know in your soul, like this is not my show, um, then I say don't waste your time. Like go to another audition where it could actually serve you, um, and then just know there'll be another time to be seen by the people in that room. That's my two cents. I I think um especially if you just really think this isn't my world I don't dance like that that's not how my body moves or I don't really sing like that that's not how my vocal style is um then you know go to an audition that day or go to a class go do something that's really going to serve you in that time for me for my money I think um, okay, I'm studying a BFA and MT in college and wanted to be an actor and want to be an actor but I've recently developed interest in casting any tips for delving into casting or balancing the two um, for me, for my money, there is not a whole lot of balancing the two. Uh, you have to be at a space where you can sit in a room and watch hundreds of people sing and, and want to be, uh, in, in a show and not look at them and feel jealous or feel like you could do it better or wish you were them. So if you are still at a place where you wish you were them, where you wish you were auditioning for a show, um, casting is hard. It's very hard to watch other people do the thing that you wish you were doing. I don't feel that way. So for me, it's a gift. I feel like I'm watching all of this beautiful talent and hopefully helping people figure out where that talent lives. Um, I love it. But man, you better believe if I was still sitting in that room watching people thinking, oh, I wish I could do this or I could do that better, then this would not be a smart profession for me because that is just setting yourself up for a lot of hurt. Uh, so for me, for my money, I think there's stuff to learn from like a casting internship, um, from what that feels like and to really understand kind of the process of what those things are. So if you're really interested in casting, I would try to find an internship. I would do as much research as you can, um, all of those kind of things. But if you're really, casting is not a fallback job. It's not a job that you do because you can't do something else. It's got to be a passion. It's got to be something that you really see and feel and want and understand. Or it's not really a good job for you um, because there's a whole lot of work that goes into it. Um, so for me, I think you you have to be ready for it and you have to really want it and you have to... Um, I got glitter in my eye. Um, it has to be something that you really want. Um, if you are really interested in, is something that you really want, find an internship. Every single casting office is looking for interns. Um, we publish them on things like Playbill. We get interns through college programs and stuff like that. So if you're interested, uh, you know, always ask, always reach out, always look for possibilities. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that that is out there. I just really think you need to be ready to. Um, if you want this to be your profession, you really have to be ready to look at people from a place of wonder and excitement and not from a place of um, jealousy or I wish that was me. And otherwise, it's going to be very hard. Um, and I don't wish that on anybody. You know, it'd be like uh, being a painter and having to sit and look at paintings all day and not being given a paintbrush. Um, you know, that's awful. What an awful way to live. So luckily for me, it's like, ah! these people are amazing um and that's exciting for me all right let's see uh my hair looks perfect katie jane back guys the editor of beauty at l magazine just told me my my hair looks perfect uh, this is the best day of my life everything is great <laughs> everything is great um okay vegetarian too yay um awesome so i have run out of questions here i have a couple that were sent to me so i'm just gonna get to them 
before we go, let's see. Um, this one is, oh, that one I answered. Do I go to shows that actors invite me to? I sure try to. Um, you know, in all honesty, I get invited to like 30 shows uh, a week um, that people are doing. And I also have to see a lot of theater that I've been involved in or, um, you know, uh, that I want to see just for myself. Um, and so it, it is tricky. I also, I get invited to a whole lot of concerts. I get invited to a whole lot of um, cabarets and things like that. And it is hard, if I'm being perfectly honest, it's hard to say yes to someone and then say no to somebody else. So I really try to stick to seeing show shows um, where I'm going to see lots of actors and multiple people. Um because that, it just feels more, um, uh, I don't know, feels like a more even playing field for me. Um, not to say I don't go to cabarets because I have lots of people in my life who are personal friends who I love dearly and I want to go support them. Um, but please know, I love being reached out to about shows. And the cool thing about shows, even if you reach out to me and I don't get to come to the show, almost nine times out of 10, I Google the show, I look it up, I look what's happening, I look who's in the cast, I look who's working on it. Um, and so it helps me understand what's happening in the scene. It helps me understand what actors are doing. So it's super useful to reach out. Um, please don't be offended if I can't come. There are only seven days a week. There are only, you know, six nights to see theater and I probably get 30 invites a week. So it's really, really, really not a personal thing. I try to navigate that water very sensitively and very strategically. Um, and some nights, in all honesty, I really want to stay home and watch Netflix with my husband. Uh, I try to have a semblance of a personal life as well. Um, my husband does not do theater. So if I want to see him, uh, it involves nachos and, you know, Jeopardy because... I like trivia. Um, you know, so so just just know that I see everything. I respect the hell out of everybody who asks me to come to things, and I wish I could support every single person. But a lot of times I send other people on my behalf, um, or I do research on the shows, and it's just it's awesome to get to know what people are doing. So I really, really, really appreciate that. Um, this says... Uh... Would getting a theater education degree make me any less castable on Broadway? Absolutely not. Getting any sort of degree is useful. Um, you know, there are people on Broadway who have geography degrees. There are people on Broadway who have BFA as a musical theater. You know, I have a degree in anthropology, right? Um, I also studied theater, but I studied anthropology and folklore. I think those things make me so good at my job. It's useful to me. Um, so I think being a well-rounded, well-educated person can only serve you as, a, as an artist as a person and I don't think anyone's going to like hold that against you as long as you feel like you have the chops and you have the skills and you can execute then show up audition and you know I literally auditioned someone the other day who has like a chemical engineering degree from Harvard and you're like what and then they open their mouth and you're like what and then you just realize what a gift your job is because you get to see how amazing humans are uh it's pretty cool so no not at all I think it's helpful and and you can do all the things just make sure you're getting the training that you need to be able to do this work eight times times a week. Um, and if that means you need to do supplementary education for yourself, find a way to make sure you do that. Um, if you know you're not getting enough dance, find a way to take dance classes. That's what I think. Um, okay. So this says, um, pop songs to really act lyric a la MT or more perform the vibe in the groove. That depends on the show and that depends on the song. I think there are certain things where people are just really looking for you to get in that groove, get in that pop pocket and sing that. Um, and I think there are shows that are really trying to tell a story through pop music, right? Like Waitress is a show where they are telling a very, very, very truthful, earnest, grounded story through 
pop musical theater music. So I would suggest that when you're auditioning for that show using pop music, you are still telling a story. I'm not the casting director for that, so don't hold me accountable for that. But that's just like something, that's an example. But if you're going in for like a cruise ship and they're just looking for someone to rock out to pop rock music, I would get into the groove and into the feel, right? So it's navigating the auditions that you're doing to make sure that you are um, using the pop song in the right way for the story that that world is trying to tell. Does that make sense? Um, but I think the cool thing is with a lot of music, you can do it both ways. Um, so that's kind of exciting, I think. Um, all right. What else here? Um, great. Um, okay. I think those were all of the questions. Did someone just ask me one? Um, my high school's putting on Les Mis this week. If you're in the LA area, you should come. I'm not. I'm New York based. I wish I was in LA. I love Les Mis. Um, all right. This says, what's your opinion on the non-ec life and waiting outside at 5 a.m. for auditions? Um, I, I, I talk about this kind of stuff all the time. So this is not new. I think everybody's life um, and, and, I think there are benefits to being a member of equity. I think there are benefits to being non-ec. I think there are a lot of benefits to being EMC right now. I think, you know, it's, this is such a tricky question for me to answer because I'm not, I'm not you, right? I'm not the one doing the auditions. I'm not the one in the line at 5am. I'm the one who's still awake at 5am, uh, dealing with my piece of it. (laughs) Um, and I have a lot of thoughts about that too. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an impo- it's it's an impossible question to ask. I know there are shitty elements to being in, in the union. I know there are shitty elements to being in the, to being non-union. There's work to be had on both sides of this coin. Um, I wish that I could give you a solid answer on like what's the best choice and how do I make this and how do we make the the lines better? How do we do all of this stuff? I don't have all the answers. What I think would be awesome is if we all communicated a little bit more about what's going on and we worked on creating creative solutions and we talked about those creative solutions as much as we talk about the things that are not great. Um, and I am so open to having conversations and trying to make things better. Um, you know, I'm doing online signups for my open call this week because you guys were super verbal with me that that would be better um, so that people don't have to wait in line at 5 a.m. So I heard you guys and invested in software, uh, online digital software so that people can sign up and not have to wait in lines because I heard you guys loud and clear that that sucks. So we're trying, I'm trying to make that piece better. I know other people are trying to. And the reason that I could do that is because creative solutions were, um, discussed and talked about, and there was an open line of communication. So Um, You know, I will say there is work to be had for non-union actors. There's a lot of work to be had for union actors. And I know that it is difficult on both sides of that coin. And I wish I had all the answers, but I don't. But please know if you have opinions or if you have things, creative solutions that would make your life better, that you think are things I could actually implement and follow rules and, and make sure everybody is seen and heard, I'm open. Like my door, my metaphorical digital door is always open. Um, We are all, I think, trying to navigate this new water together. Um, And I think that, 
you know, I, I hope and wish we can all be as good of listeners as we can be talkers. Uh, personally, I think there's a lot of talking and not as much listening. And I think part of the reason is because not everybody's talking. Uh, and so I hope that we can figure this out. Uh, again, my digital door is always open. So if you have thoughts or opinions, as long as they are productive and creative, I'm here for them. If they're finger pointy, that's, that's not super useful to anybody. Um, but I love a creative solution. I'm totally here for that. Uh, so let me know if there's something I can do to make you guys' life better, to make my life better, because when your life is better, my life is better. Um, so let me know. And fingers crossed everything goes great tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. for our online signups for the Bandstand uh, Singer call. Uh, fingers, fingers crossed. You know, it's going to be great. Um, okay, how miserable is it to work with Spencer? Just the worst, man. Spencer is just terrible. No, Spencer is my assistant. He's awesome. He is such a great person. I hope you get to meet Spencer someday. He's tremendous. Uh, and I have some other new team members who are also very exciting and very cool, and you're going to get to meet them soon. I am so thrilled to have more people on my team. It's just bonkers bananas to be able to say that out loud. Guys, I mean, I literally started this company out of my bedroom like two and a half years ago. So this is just kind of bonkers to think about having a team that we're all working together. It's really cool. If you have a dream and you stick to it and you you talk about it, things can happen, which is pretty awesome. Uh, will I be having a bandstand open dance call? Yes, that will be announced very soon. We will have an open dance call for sure. Because, um, you know, dance. Um, okay, so I think that that is uh, my time, friends. Uh, thanks for all these awesome questions. I, I love office hours. I missed this, so I'm really glad we could have this time. Um, if you have more questions, always, always, always feel free to send them my way. If I don't get to you right away, I'm so sorry. I get a lot of them. Uh, but I will try to be back here again next Sunday, six to seven. We're gonna try to get this back on track, honey. We are getting back on track. Um, oh yes. If you haven't heard back, feel free to sign up for auditions tomorrow. Um, that would be great. Uh, great. So remember my loves. You are seen, you are valued, you deserve to be here. Make sure you are doing your part. Make sure you are taking care of your heart and your brain. Remember, not everybody is gonna get it. Not everybody is gonna like you. As long as you like you and you're doing your own work, that's all we can do in this life. We gotta show up. In the words of my friend, Sir Robert Hartwell, I'ma be here, right? If you gonna be here, I'ma be here. So, love you, love you all long time. I'm going to be here. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm really happy that you guys exist. Thanks for uh, showing up. Thanks for being a part of my tribe. And uh, I hope you guys have rock star weeks. I'll see you next week, okay? Mwah!